Horns up and welcome to the Sanguine Record. This is Greg. I am here with two folks that, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, he's, he's a legend. He's one of my favorite, you know, special effects artists in, in the world. Uh, he's a writer, he's a director. He's done things from your childhood up to things from Netflix that's currently still in the top streaming um, service or uh, streaming uh, rotation. So, uh, who I have with me today is Marcy King and Mr. Robert Kurtzman. How are you guys doing? Hey, great. Hey. Thanks for having us. <laughs> no, thank you for being here. And you know, I just really can't wait to get in and talk to you about anything and everything that you want to. The cool thing about the Sanguine Record is this is a down and dirty discussion that lets you kind of talk about what you want. That's what the listeners like to hear. And that's what I like to hear. And it you know, makes it a little bit more comforting and you know, like you're just chilling in my basement with me. That's my life. That's cool. Not like in a creepy way, though. Don't take it the wrong way. I was just going to say, <laughs> that kind of sounded a little curvy, but right? um, who who hasn't, as a kid and, and a teenager and even older, hung out in their parents' basement? I mean... Uh, all my bedrooms were in my parents' basement. Yeah. So. I think... Once we, I had to move out of my... I had two brothers, so... Once we got a certain age, you know, uh, the brothers wanted their own bedrooms. So eventually you get forced to another room. And then when the next brother wants his room, it's like I always pick the basement. <laughs> and I just moved to the basement because it's further away from everyone and, you know, set up a TV and sit there and watch horror movies all the time. And, you know, so I, I basically had like, little ghetto apartments in my basement. <laughs> you know? so, so, and I'm sure they were better than that because he's a clean freak. Yeah, so. well, yeah, yeah, but they were still, you know, basement. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Well, but not, yeah, that was, that's, I mean, still, if I want to have a conversation with my brother and sister, even as older adults, we're like, and I, when I say older adults, I just mean adults. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we head to the basement. We hide out and we'll head to the basement and have conversations. And yeah. My yep. sister's got that tradition going, so yeah. See, we're not which, we're not weird. Which is this really is really fun. Just want to add that my sister's basement is actually where his old room was because they live in my old house that I. My grew. sister. Yeah, um, so it's weird. Our, our parents live in the same small town, and our siblings live in the same small town. Um, our parents are ecstatic. Um, that we actually have chosen to kind of move back as well, even though we're in Atlanta most of the time. Um, we come to our hometown uh, when we're not working um, and we hang out with family. And yeah, so my sister's house, I, I, you know, I made him kind of go in the basement and make out with me. Yeah. <laughs> just to be weird, right? Just, just, to, just to make it that more majestically weird. It's great. Exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, like I even make jokes because like when uh, we have five people on our normal shows, our normal shows, we cover a horror movie and a heavy metal album in detail. Cause my one, uh, the, the co-host that was with me at horror hound, the giant guy that you saw, um, he has never seen horror. He's never listened to heavy metal. So it's kind of our introduction to, for him. And they can all come around and sit around my pool table. I'm actually casting from my pool table right now. So it's awesome. all five of us in a room together. It's pretty cool. That's, I love not, that's not your Dungeons and Dragons table that you put the board over and then play around it? You know, believe it or not, I'm the only one out of the five that plays D&D. &D. Like, I can't get anyone to play with me around here. Like, 
if, if I was in like a <laughs> like a bigger major city, I could probably find people. But like here, in, you know, right. I'm in by Charleston, West Virginia now. I'm I'm an Ohio boy that got trans transplanted, and um, there's just no one down here that really wants to play. The yokels don't like it, I guess. Wow. But I do. Yeah, that's. I I used to play. I have no time for it anymore. Yeah, I wish we have I could. friends say. that play yeah. once a month on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't. I, it's for some reason I just can't do it. I just I'd rather be doing something else, like work or painting or something. But to just say, it's almost like a video game for me. I just can't play video games either. So yeah, it's it's like I, I feel like know. I have to do something else. I love video. Games. Well, she does mind games. You I, know where you know. It's to keep, brain, yeah, brain yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not like just, you know, playing so, a shoot know, about I'm getting at that age where I should be checking out my, you know, my faculties <laughs> and making sure they're staying sharp. I'm just totally joking. But, checking that uh, brain skin. But that's my but that's but that's my rationale. If I'm gonna play a game, I'm gonna play a think game and you know, think about it. But you mentioned that you introduce him to horror mm-hmm. and um i recently had a conversation with my daughters because my mother brought me up on horror um it, you know it wasn't for my dad it was actually for my mom and um started loving bella lugosi and um like three stooges meet the mummy or um uh laurel and party was there three stooges meet the mummy i don't know no it's three it was, was laurel and costello okay yeah. that's it I've been Frankenstein. Those kind of things. And then I brought my kids up. My I have two girls and I brought them up the same way. And the greatest thing that I had was if they invited some other girls over for a slumber party is to who hasn't seen. And they were like, oh, we've never seen that. And I'm like, you know, dead silence. Let's, that's, that's let's watch from dusk till dawn. Oh, my God. You know, you know, introduce somebody, especially. Yeah. A new generation. A new, yeah. Are are sometimes a bit younger and they haven't seen movies. Actually, some people are the same age and never seen Have never seen stuff that we've done, which is mortifying, but okay. (laughs) Well, not even, just movies that inspired us or, you know, and you're like, what? You've never seen The Howling or you've never seen The Thing, you know, and we're like, like, oh, we're going to watch it, you know, and then. And then you sit there waiting. To, There's a know, werewolf yeah. in London. So. You've never seen that. You have <laughs> yeah. no idea what you're missing. The yeah. comedy in that is, is oh. amazing. The, yeah. you the got, effects, you. the you know, and the acting is great. I mean, it's just oh my gosh, the nurse she kills me. <laughs> yeah, well, that Jenny all got her. I had a crush on her ever I'm sure since Logan's Run. So well, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, uh, yeah, who didn't have a crush on her at that point? <laughs> like, right, right. No, but I love that. That's that's one of my just getting people to kind of see things the way we do and enjoy it. Um, because they don't always I mean, honestly, the girls and there were probably boyfriends in the mix as well. They didn't always enjoy it. But some of them were like, oh, my God, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, yes, yeah. we have more yeah. people to watch yeah. movies with. <laughs> it's always a great reaction when you show somebody I spit on your grave and maniac. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The and they don't know what the, yeah. <laughs> what are they watching? Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's I, so with Dave, uh, we've gone through and we've done uh, quite a few movies so far. But, like, I, I loved watching. Like, I get to watch them with him because he comes over to my house and we watch them again. 
And a lot of times, not all the time, we're busy, but you know, we're 40 year old guys with uh, kids and everything. But um, it's oh, yeah, like watching him watch The Exorcist for the first, first time, having never seen it. Oh my it. God, the first time? Yeah. And that's like, I love that yeah. movie. It's one of my favorite <laughs> top tens, right? It's like, you know, a perfect movie. Yeah, that's and, a rite of passage for anybody at right, right. really age. And I think really I, but the first time I saw it, I was like five or six, like way too young. And I get that. Right. But that shaped my life. You know, I was born in 82 when everything was coming out so beautifully. Oh, yeah, you were born in the great year. Right? Yeah. There's so many good movies coming out that year. Just, yeah, just that year alone. It's one of the best years in movie history. Yeah. Not even just horror, Crazy. just history. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so seeing him, and then we go we, into the modern stuff with watching, like, uh, contagion or the sadness that just came, you know, that came out last year, and it's just so different. Like we're gonna get, we're getting ready to do the kill list, and he's seen quite a few of yours. Like it's funny because a lot of your stuff, and this is kind of getting a little bit into your background, but a lot of your stuff is like the older eight between eighties and like mid nineties was pretty um, commercialized, right? When you think of like, or, or not maybe commercialized, but like uh, cult friendly. You know, with like Evil Dead 2 or Wishmaster, uh, People Under the Stairs that you worked on, From Dust Till Dawn you wrote, right? And like these kind of things, like he knew those. Like he didn't know People Under the Stairs, but that's one of the deep cuts that I really like. But yeah. <laughs> it's like he, he knew Evil Dead 2. He had never seen the first Evil Dead, which I made him watch. And I made him watch okay. the 2013 reboot. And then we saw at Horror Hound the, the newest one with Bruce Campbell introducing it. So he's kind of gone the gamut of, of that, but he knew yours before he knew the original. That's cool. So it's just kind of weird. Which is odd. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people get into it that way. They, you know, I've had so many people that see the the haunting or uh, house on haunted hill or something like right. that, and then they go, "Oh, there was an original." Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like, when was that done? You know, and you're like, oh, back in, in the haunting, the same as well. Yeah. I mean, because there was the haunting, um, the original. There was the haunting, and then and then Catherine Zeta Jones, Liam mm-hmm. Neeson. Yeah. And then, and then there was and then our haunting of Hill House right. that we and some people know. don't even know that Robert Weiss directed, you know, yeah. a, a, a movie in the 50s or 60s. I, I personally didn't one, know there was an original so. Evil Dead. Oh, really? I mean, even though it's Evil Dead 2, I actually just thought that was the original. And we talked about it. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, they they, they kind of, Evil Dead 2 is like kind of a misnomer because it's a remake. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, a remake in of the some first ways. one. Yeah. And then I was, you know. But changed up to be more comedic. Right. But, yeah. So when I, so. I was like, no, there's not a first one. <laughs> so he's like, no, we need to talk about this. So. Would you say, like, probably, what, the first half of Evil Dead 2 is kind of a rehash of Evil Dead 1, right? Yeah, right. yeah, it kind of just pulls a lot from that and then twists it into a little different... And I I, lo- I mean, I love it so much. It really is a cult movie. Like, well, I could what- see it really going into theaters, and I should probably tell, some, tell this to Bruce, but I really see... People going into theaters, kind of doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing. I yes. I would I would bring so much stuff with me. I would I, yeah, and dress up and all. I think I think that would be a fun party is to do that kind of thing. Yeah, well they don't do it anymore, but they used to have like the midnight movie things with those kind of movies, like you know with like Dawn of the Dead and mm-hmm. whatever. It was like well, 
I used to in high school would go see them when they did the midnight thing. You get a group of people and and you go and you know and you just enjoy and laugh at it and have fun. You, with you're it. loud in the theater at that yeah. point, you know. It's like dragging or a picture show. It's just audience participation and all that kind of stuff. But well, I was a yeah, little too was, young for it. And I missed out on a lot of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show part of it and stuff like that. Like I love that movie, and I, I watched it with my brother and sister. But I'm the youngest, so yeah. they would be getting like toast and stuff. They'd be making toast, and they're like, "Why are you making toast?" And they're like, "Well, when they say yeah. let's have a toast, they, everybody throws toast at the screen." I'm like, "Get right. out of here!" <laughs> like, "No, you don't." Rice, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah so I've been. Like, I've done it with my sister, and it's probably like the wildest thing I did as an adult. Yeah. Like. You know, I we, we did that when we were yeah, uh, just, just so we were in New, in New York City shooting um, Tales from the Dark Side the movie, and a bunch of us from our crew went to the Rocky Horror uh, show there, that. and um, and it was yeah, it was just that kind of night. It was, you know? it was, it was like, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah there's something rice. like crazy magical about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. one's best is best, but your sister. Oh, I can't. <laughs> That makes all that stuff. They would shout at the screen, you know. Did, did you go to the like the play, or did you go to the movie? The it was the movie, but oh, okay. audience participation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie, yeah. And mine was so. the movie audience participation, but they also had actors up front. Yeah. Um, miming some of the things that were on screen as well, and and it was it was just done like so amazing, and there was somebody we were sitting next to because we didn't know about bringing things so there was somebody next to us that said here's a complete extra bag and please take it and we're like oh, they gave yeah, you a whole kit over the head right in the beginning like that, it just yeah that's awesome so fun. see and that's like those type of experience and the rocky horror picture show is probably on like the the border edge of our genre right but it's still part of us and, like especially cult um, I feel like horror movies or genre movies, for example, lend more to that inclusive vibe, which is one of the things yeah. I, I really like about it because we're all outsiders. Like, like I was talking earlier to, to Bob and I said, you know, artists like to be by themselves or do their own thing and stuff. We're all outsiders, but when we get together to see like a horror movie, there's no louder voice other than like horror <laughs> and heavy metal communities. And it's, it's, it's a really fun vibe, and I just really enjoy that. Like, there's nothing That's better to me true. than talking to somebody about horror movies or standing in the middle of a mosh pit. I'm 40 years old, still went to a show two weeks ago and mixed it up because that's just what I love to do. And it's just there's nothing better. Someone falls down, you pick them the fuck up, and you move on. And it's that's mm-hmm. what we get out of this. So going to a show like the Rocky Horror Picture Show and then being involved in it and, like, throwing the toast or throwing the rice, you know, all that kind of stuff is just – you don't get that in another genre. Maybe comedy right. with a lot of people, but not. You don't go to a drama and, and be part of the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Though dramas are fun, yeah. you just not that kind of fun. Right, right. So we talked a little bit about your history, Bob. What's what's some of the stuff that a lot of people talk about? Probably your heavy hitters with you, but like, what's some of the the lesser known stuff from from your history that you enjoyed working on? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I like it, the, hard, the hard part about that is uh, even though they may have come, when we did them, they, they came out and they were maybe not major hits. Like even Evil Dead 2 wasn't a major theatrical hit. It was a movie that caught on and it's been generational, you know, where every generation since has been like, you know, you have to see this movie and they discover it. 
So a lot of the movies are like that. But I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, I, I could say certain ones, but the reason they haven't been discovered is because they suck, or you know, so whatever. We won't but, those. But, <laughs> uh, Let's but I mean, you know, I, I, you know, there's just these weird movies. Like we <clears throat> we did like this movie Cyborg Two. And I don't even know if you can find it anywhere, you know what I mean? And it, but it was cool. I got to work with Elliot, Elliot Kataeus and uh, Elias Kataeus. And um, uh, it was Angelina Jolie's first movie. And oh, she wow. was like 17. It's called Cyborg 2. Cyborg 2. Now yeah. I need to look it up. Well, the first Cyborg <laughs> was with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah. right? Was, I, yeah. I remember and, right. Um, and then they made this sequel. And it's a movie you can't find anymore, but there's... A few of those, and I, you know, half of my. Oh, Angelina Jolie just yeah. pulled it. Yeah, so, okay, so she's like, no, nobody's gonna watch this. Yeah, right, she's <laughs> gonna destroy this she one. Tried it. She took um, over the right. I bought all the prints. It's gone. It's no, yeah. no, no. She's um, she Leo DiCaprioed uh, it for critters. Know, we did this movie called Doctor Hackenstein, which oh my God, was a real low budget movie uh, years ago, and I've never seen it since. I don't even know if it's out there, but it, it's. Those are the kind of movies that don't that didn't get discovered and didn't have a you know a a fan base that would start to follow them years later. And I'll tell you so. what. There's a there's a movie that um, that we worked on, um, and it might be little known, and I don't know if you've even known it, but it's called The Funhouse Massacre. I love it, and it is a horror comedy that is just it hits everything right. There's not a time when you're not scared, shocked, or laughing. I mean, it just, it runs all of that. I think it's one of those kind of perfect little things. And I don't know that a lot of people know about it. I, I think it's... Right. Well, another one like that. I mean, these are movies... Actually, I love Funhouse Massacre. It was, yeah. It was a good movie to work on. It was a small movie, but it's... Yeah. That's it's like, a movie I'm proud of. Ohio. That, yeah, that we're proud of. And, yeah. Uh, the other one is um, Secret Santa. Oh, yeah, God. I see the Ohio State thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although we're not sports fans. We're so, not. Sorry. Uh, I'm a but, huge sports fan. Uh, we did a movie with Adam Marcus, who I did Jason Goes to Hell with, called Secret Santa. Yeah. And that was just awesome. It, and it it's and it's one of those movies that you know has, eleven eleven days straight. Right, but it's one of those movies that has a good response that people enjoy it when they see it, and eventually kind of catches on even though when it came out it's not and of course now it's a little different it's like a lot of movies don't get theatrical releases they go right to blu-ray or uh vod or whatever and i know you can and, find that on but, amazon i'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere but, but I know it, it's that. coming out he just Is it it's the, a streamer picked it up i forget who Sweet. it was but oh yeah God. Um, but it is it yeah. is also the same thing, like the writing um, and obviously the directing. It's Adam Marcus. Um, it was probably one of the most fun things that I've done. Um, that was one of the most fun things and, I've done. And we, we and talked about that actually it, a lot. It was because we dropped back from doing like studio pictures or whatever to truly doing an independent to where – it was a very, very small group of people, but everybody was there for one common goal. And that was to make the best picture we could and have a good time doing it. And luckily Adam and everyone, you know, encouraged that and everybody had a good time. And it was great because 
we were doing makeup effects and she was shooting behind the scenes footage and and I was doing makeup yeah. effects and, and he would initially and I was, do the makeup effects right and run camera and then I would be a camera <laughs> operator on it and I was having yeah. so much fun you know moving around with a red you know camera, camera. and shooting that and just finding shots you know and and it was really really fun and, and we just and it was like, Super, super, uh, um, Adam calls them, calls us the skeleton crew because there, there's multiple people involved. But I mean, it was so great because it was that common, like Bob said, the common bond. And, and we were all there to do one thing. Um, and we all wore hats. It didn't, you know. Oh, yeah. Like for, and, we got stuck up there in a snowstorm. Well, that too. And we lost power. So the, the night before shooting, everybody was trying to, with flashlights and lanterns and whatever, try to lay down the carpet. Because <laughs> basically there was going to be so much blood in the house, in the, in the main area, right. that we had to put plastic down and then roll carpet. carpet over top the carpet right. to right. try to keep it from getting bloody. Right. And then the whole time we're trying to keep the wrinkles out of the carpet while everybody's, you know, yeah. Anytime the furniture was moved or a bloody scene yeah. happened or this and that, we like had to make sure the carpet was straight. And <laughs> I have some BTS video um, from a balcony down onto where they were trying to do this with cell holding cell phones and rolling plastic and cell phones and rolling carpet. And oh, because there was, there was no was power. It was a fireplace for heat. Yeah, because we, we literally got four feet of snow that night. Yeah. Wait, what, so, for the listeners, in case they missed it, what was the name of the movie again? Uh, Secret Santa. Secret Santa. Because I know you said it right at the beginning, and I didn't even write it There's down. several of those out there, but this... Secret Santa yeah. directed by Adam Marcus, Adam Marcus who is also known for um, Jason Goes to Hell. This is the director for Jason Goes to Hell. So, um, See, that's what but, I... Yeah, that was that was a crazy... And, and it was... It was so fun. You know, we shot it in sequence. So, you know, it was getting bloodier and bloodier and bloodier as we went. And, you know, things happened. Furniture got turned over. It got to stay that way. You know, a table was set. We left it. Um, and so day after day, um, it just, it just, I don't know. It was just so, it was a great, great experience. And it turned out. Yeah, okay, so I want to say bit. this. We don't want to give anything away, but I want to say this about it. Um, the comedic timing um, is because of the actors themselves, some of them being comedians. So the delivery and and it just it just moves like it's, that. It's, it's one of those movies yeah. where on set everybody's trying to control oh. themselves <laughs> from screwing oh. up a shot. Oh yeah. Yeah, even Adam did it finally. Like all of us are guilty of ruining a shot, but even Adam did it at the end, and he actually did it so that it didn't ruin the shot. They could clip, you know, cut out his, <laughs> it, they could cut out his guffaw because he just couldn't hold it. It yeah. was crazy. So. It, it, it's hard to hold a camera and laugh hysterically at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, the camera and the and the and the sound guy were really good about it, but the rest of us we kind of sucked. <laughs> and Deborah Sullivan, Adam's writing partner, she's one of the leads in it as well. Right. She's an actress as well. And so it was that kind of family kind of oh, absolutely. project. But, yeah, yeah. But 
the cabin was loaned by one of the actors and yeah so we just all came together and had a great time see that's awesome and that's why i like talking about like the random like maybe stuff that you're super proud of but doesn't get enough attention you know there are things that get missed all the time you know what i mean and that's a shame but with streaming and everything else like you said not going to theater now and it just goes direct to streaming that may not come up on someone's algorithm Maybe they're right. they watch oh, too many yeah, streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think you just cut out. Did you cut out? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, you <laughs> I said, maybe, but like their algorithm, they could be watching like street trash, bad taste, or something like that, and right. miss people under the stairs or whatever. You know what I mean? So you just never know what's going to hit. And that's that's the nice thing about streaming is there's so much available, right? But there's nothing like going to the theater and going to find the, the you're going to seek out that movie. You have to physically drive there. You have to spend time with other people in the room. Now, right. granted, I'm not a fan of spending time with strangers and you know a random place all the time. But you know, a lot of movies are made for that format, so it's you know right. it to be seen we, that way. We but still you, love the theater experience. I mean, yeah. that's that's one of the things that we I I just hope that doesn't really go away because it. There honestly, there's there is so it's a different thing. thing there, yeah, going in and sharing that experience with a bunch of strangers. Except, except when you go in and you're like four of you in the theater, then it's not as exciting. But yes, I mean the other day we set up a drive-in screen outside in the gazebo, and we do this occasionally. Do the drive-in. Uh, we set up a ten-foot screen and project a, a movie, and yeah. her brother wanted to watch Dawn of the Dead because he hadn't seen it since high school, and so yeah. we sat out there and watched Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, man, so. that's awesome. That was so <laughs> awesome, yeah, and it was just to revisit it and and just the mall scenes and mm. yeah, it just that's so much fun. It totally held up too, which is well, it does because it's classic. I mean, okay. Yeah. Cheesy this, cheesy that, whatever. But it was, you know. yeah. yeah. You could you know. do that exact thing. But at the time, and people would like buy it. Something so like they really would. That's what. That's what's cool about it, you know. Well, and, and you have Savini doing some of his, you know, crazy stuff that he was doing. Was was that an inspiration? He was Dawn of the Dead at all? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, oof, back then, I mean, that was what seventy eight. Yeah. Um, so at that point I was in junior high and once, and when I was in high school, Donna the dad was doing the midnight circuit. So mm-hmm. then I was yeah. taking friends to see it then. Um, and yeah, you know, I was following Tom's work, you know, uh, from that and from even all the way back to, um, children sh- shouldn't play with dead things. No, he, what did he do that? No, yeah. I, did he? Um, I, no, I know he did. It was, uh, um, the Vampire Martin. Earl Hornsby, the, the producer who did that movie, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. And um, it was the Ed Gein movie that he did. Do you remember the title of that? Uh, no, because I know he did the Vampire, like Martin the Vampire. He did that one. Yeah, right. And then there was, uh, uh, then he, he did this. What was it? Uh, Deranged? Is it called Deranged? There is a, yeah, I but, think you're right. That uh, is the, it was an Ed Gein movie. I think so. Um, so at that point I started, you know, I'm, I'm at this point I'm reading famous monsters of Fangoria as a kid and starting to realize and, and backtrack the artists. Like even when, you know, it's same with Rick Baker. Like once, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd read about something Rick Baker was doing and then I was like, 
oh, wait, what's this movie, you know, that he did with uh, John Landis with the ape man? You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like, and I'd go back and I'd backtrack and then start to watch those because at that time VHS came out and I was able to literally get my hands on the movies that I only heard about and couldn't never saw, you know? So I was that kid that would rent 10 movies a week, you know, with the video store and go home and watch them. And half the time I was, you know, I had two decks, so I would, copy <laughs> the movies to that doesn't matter look uh, of limitations there's a thing well no no because i was literally putting six movies on one tape and copy them at the oh, lowest resolution uh, possible right. which was just terrible but i just wanted to I, you know i had no money you know it's just like i get one tape how many movies can i get on this one tape so yeah so yeah so yeah, they got, you got to love that LFS format, man. Oh, yeah. That was cr- I forgot about that. Recording three movies on one DVD was... No, on one VHS day. Yeah. I mean, so, I meant, right. oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I meant, you're, you're, you're mixing formats here. Yeah. I meant VHS, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, but I, I, I would do shows and then watch them and go, what? What? Why oh, yeah. did I even? I watched some that? of those years later. These, what you know, when VH was starting to go out, and I still had a VHS player, and I'd put those old tapes in, and, and they were like unwatchable. Like you couldn't even. Oh. They were so like grainy, grainy, yeah. just messy yeah. and blurry and whatever. Yeah. And it was like, oh my god. <laughs> so, so have you ever heard of like a break room where you go in and just break stuff? Like you pay to go into this room and they have like layups yeah, yeah. and stuff Smash like that. Cars or whatever exactly. Whatever. So we went to one and they had VHS tapes in there. And I, I, my heart died a little because I'm like, okay, you're smashing VHS tapes. I still have a VHS player and a whole rack of VHS movies. Oh yeah. Don't but, let Bob pull you. He does too. <laughs> but, but what was, what was, no, they are, but I still watch them. But what was funny was this one had um, a label still on it? It was a they had LFS recorded, um, and one of the movies was the, the Fly Two, and oh. I'm like, I'm stealing this and I'm taking it home and watching it. <laughs> yeah. You put it under your shirt. And said, it, Never it was, no, I walked out. I actually ended up telling the lady. I said, Hey, I paid for this, so I'm taking it. And she was like, Okay, like looked at me like you're a weirdo. Like, <laughs> this is no, this if you paid to go in the room and smash stuff. Yeah, I paid for it. I, I spared this. Yeah. I spared this child and I'm taking it yeah. home. Yeah. Well, I, I, ended, I ended up burning it because it was that bad. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's the quality, funny. like, I forgot how bad LFS format was. And not only was the quality so bad, like, the tracking was never, like, coming back. Oh, like oh they, right. Yeah, yeah. So it was like yeah. they recorded something and they recorded this over top of it again. And I was like, True. oh, my goodness. Like, this is not going to work. So I just got I just remember. Yeah, I, I kind of remember because when I first uh, went to when I when I went to art school right out of high school for a year before I dropped out and went to L.A. to do makeup effects, the Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, was one of the first uh, sell-through uh, movies that originally most of those VHSs when you bought them were like 89 bucks oh, yeah. or something. And Raiders of the Lost Ark came out and it was $24. And I ordered it like months ahead of time and, and got it. And, uh, but that was one of those, the first movies that came through, you know, came out that were at that kind of price range where it was affordable for you to buy, yeah. you know? 
And uh, and then after that, you know, it, it just changed everything because they sold so many of those at that price range. It was crazy. Well, and, what's well, my, yeah. my wife and I were even having this conversation the other day. Um, I know you said you don't play video games, but like the video game market hasn't even changed their pricing. Like other than like $10 here and there over the last like, I don't know, 35 years. And it's crazy that we still can go and the same as for physical media for the most part. Like mm-hmm. if you want to go buy a 4K right now, you're probably going to spend $40, $45 on it. But in the next five years, they'll probably be down to like 25 30 just the mm-hmm. same thing that happened to Blu-ray yeah. and DVD and so forth. And the, you know, the same thing happened with VHS and that kind of started it all. I think Laserdisc was one of the only ones that kind of stayed high the whole time. I still have like 200 Laserdiscs. Oh, I am so jealous. And and I have two players. Yeah. I never use them yeah. now because I watch them and I'm always disappointed in the right. quality we, we, compared to, you know, we tried Blu-ray a couple or whatever. Times to, yeah. you know, so, throw a couple in maybe that I haven't seen or haven't seen in a while or something. We just try, try to throw something in and it's always frustrating and it, it skips some because the players all so yeah. I'm I mean, usually like I'm going to find this online instead no it needs clean because I have so many movies on Laserdisc that she's never seen that I'm like you never seen Body Double or well, whatever or that would be outrageous okay well not that one but, you know something like that and uh, and so the only reason I keep those now even though I had the player hooked up uh, is <laughs> basically to get uh, autographs uh, yeah. on my laser disc. Yeah. Oh, I'm you know, so, so jealous. That I can, yeah. So if, if I'm working with somebody, like we we did a movie a few years ago with Paul Schrader called uh, what was Dog it? Eat Dog. Dog Eat Dog. Yeah. yeah. And um, he shot it in Cleveland. Yeah. And he came down to the studio, and it was really funny because she said, um, "So there's this movie shooting in Cleveland. They called it, and they." They want to meet. They want you to come up tomorrow, and I'm like, I can't go up tomorrow. Yeah, I was, so, I was, I was and, new. Let's just put it that way. And I was, <laughs> I was working through his emails, and I said that they wanted him to come up. And he goes, I'm in the mix of prepping a movie. I can't do that. I'm not going up to, so, to this shit, you know. So <laughs> I emailed them back, and I said, um, uh, Mr. Kurtzman respectfully declines because he's in the middle of prep would it be possible for anyone or someone or the people to come down um to his um shop in in ohio um from cleveland and um they said actually that would be great because mr schrader was very excited that you suggested that and would be happy to come so when i relayed that message to kurtzman he freaked out i freaked out with you didn't tell me paul schrader's directing this movie Oh my God! You, are, you told him I can't come up because I'm in the middle of something. You know, <laughs> I'm not a big shot. What the hell are you thinking? No, no, no. Like, oh no. And the greatest part was is that he said immediately, "Go in and get all the laser discs by Paul Schrader." Um, I put him on a conference table with sharpie pens. I met him at the door, and I brought him through. And he just glances at the table and says. Those are for me. And I go, yes, yeah. please, sir. <laughs> I had to sign my disc, but, uh, you know, I pulled, you know, of course, like Raging Bull. And I, I, I love the cat people, cat so people. I had the cat yeah. people. Yeah. And, oh. you know, taxi it was like driver? taxi driver. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so. And, the, and, the, and then again, the fun part was, um, you know, 
them discussing the, you know, the shots, the gags and all that kind of stuff that Paul wanted on screen and how he wanted it. And, uh, and quite honestly, it became Kurtzman fanboying and Paul Schrader fanboying back and forth. And it was like this mutual, like cuteness that I got to witness. That was pretty cool. That was a, that was, a so, yeah, it was kind of embarrassing that could make him come down. And, <laughs> yeah. I, but I didn't know who was directing. You didn't him. know. <laughs> I, I think I, that's I, awesome. Honestly, again, I was, I was green. So I was just like, yeah, I, I asked him to come down, and they said yes. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Coming down. I go, uh, some guy some named Paul Schrader. Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> some, some guy, just some guy named Paul Schrader. It's fine. Don't worry about Director it. Director named Paul Schrader. And he's like, no, no, really. The Paul Schrader. <laughs> like, you're kidding me. Have you ever heard of anything he's done? I, I don't think I have. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a, he's really good because obviously he is a director, but he's really good at like remembering directors and DPs and just all of that. And that's not usually on my radar. Actually no production companies. I got a, um, I actually got extra credit in a class once because I, I knew of a, of a um, production company that did a certain movie and it was a random, random question. And my teacher was like, how did you know that? And I go, cause I watched the credits <laughs> and you know, and he's like, what? <laughs> like, no, I love to well, see who that, makes it. I mean, I follow like, I followed DPs forever. I mean, I'm a huge Dean Cundy fan based off of, you know, Halloween and stuff. And yeah, for sure. Um, and, and the earlier stuff. Uh, but like if you if someone said oh well oh they're bringing up the DP and it's Dean Cundy I'd be freaking oh out oh my god be like oh my god you know so like um speak um from Cherry oh yeah um, uh, what am I did I say it wrong yeah it's Siegel Siegel Tom Tom Siegel we worked with him on Cherry with the Russo brothers in Cleveland and Tom Siegel as a DP was just. He's not like the usual suspect. Okay, I was, I'm sitting here, I'm like, why does that name sound so familiar? Oh, yeah, he's, he's shot so much great stuff. That, he's iconic. You know, and his and vision, I was like geeking out as soon as I got the set. I was like, oh my God. I mean, we're at a production meeting, and if, if Tom started talking, um, literally everyone shut up and wanted to hear what he had to say because his vision – it it just was so spot on. He's a master. He's a master. And we were we were like enthralled at he came up with stuff we're all like, Oh my god, we didn't think of that. <laughs> you know, and like it just it's 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 that is that was a beautiful thing. That yeah. was really cool. You so. you, you kinda hit the nail on the head with the Dean Cundy thing because like if if Dean Cundy's in a room talking about a shot, you better shut up and listen. <laughs> exact same exactly exactly yeah. that would be the same he is seriously a master that, and then went on to shoot you know huge movies like jurassic park and mm. stuff and it was like you know he started out doing low budget horror films but he made them look amazing mm. you know what i mean right so right. it's just with no like like with three lights you know i was gonna say the and, lighting yeah. you know back before they had digital and they didn't have that low light, you know, he's using film and trying to yep. get that big street shot with only two lights, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, just I, I, I really said cool. something the other, I, I interviewed, uh, I don't know if you know the Adams family, John Adams and Toby Poser that did Hellbender and the deeper you dig that I interviewed them a couple, couple months ago. And I, I like, I felt bad after I said it 
<laughs> but I said, your, your movie has no business looking as good as it does. Like you've <laughs> right, done right. an amazing job making it look so much more expensive than it actually is. Like, I don't know how you did it. And they're like, well, it's just, you know, this camera and blah, blah, blah. And it's just the way we shot it. I think part of it was the Catskill mountains and all that kind of stuff. And the beautiful scenery that they used for hellbender and the depth that, and the DVD dig. But, uh, it was like, I felt kind of bad after that. I was like, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it that way. <laughs> so, oh, no, but it, no, no, it's no, true. It's no, true. Watch it. Hellbender and what was the other one? Uh, the deeper you dig. Uh, they did the deeper you dig first. And this this whole family, it's uh, a, a husband and wife, and then their two daughters that actually do the films. Hellbender's on Shudder. The deeper you dig, I think you have to get on Amazon. But uh, Hellbender's actually on Shudder. And uh, they're great people. And they uh, they have a heavy metal band called Hellbender as well. And it's like alternative heavy metal. Like it's like really heavy bass lines and like two minute punk songs. It's like okay. so it's like punk heavy metal. So it's just, so cool. We just listened to an interview with um, Rob Zombie the other day, and uh, and 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 it's funny because um, talking about you know being heavy metal and then being Rob Zombie in in movies as well, mm. and and also it's funny because you said something about being an outsider. He said it's just. You know, the, the horror fan base are not, you know, we're not going to be playing football and cheering and being on the basketball team. Not, not to say they're not horror fans as well. Yeah. But we were the ones that were, um, you know, Bob always talks about it. Like Friday night, we would sit and watch um, Big Chuck and Houlihan or Big Chuck and Little John, you know, Friday nights. Right. We had to watch it like like bated breath. Like I, I, I need to go to the football game, but. I have to be home to watch this. Well, and then, by yeah. watch and so, then there's a slumber party, but we're watching this. Right, exactly. like, I just, it's not hard to watch it. Normally after a football game, like everybody needs a little pizza, pizza place. place. Yeah. You know, I mean, the kids, a little hangout. Five whatever. seconds. And then I'm home. And I'm like, well, I gotta get home because like, you know, the giant claw is playing. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and then Superhost on Saturday, and and there's a afternoon movie, and then possibly if you're lucky, there's replaying something that was on Saturday on Sunday afternoon. It just that's that's where we were. That's where our comfort level was. And and if there were people yeah. sitting alongside of us, great. If not, it was always my mom. My mom, I'd be yeah. like, Mom, you gotta watch this. You know. Mine was my uncle. We're talking back in the day too, where you, you had, had you had to circle the TV guide you had to say, for what and you to, wanted to, to watch. find yeah. something that was playing because you had one chance at that watching it. it that whole year, yeah. and then yeah. it was gone. We were until, talking about you know, King Kong yeah. once a year. Yeah, I always thought that was New Year's Eve. I always thought it was around Thanksgiving, I mean, and then Thanksgiving. yeah, so. But there were there Wizard were certain times Oz, you could see Wizard yeah. of Oz, certain times that you yeah. could see Ten Commandments, certain times you could see yep. King Kong was always at a certain right. time of year. Yeah. Um, I I was thinking it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or something, yeah. but yeah, there are certain ones, and 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 because we both are just movie fans, period, we would absolutely like just stop the world and and have to be in front of the tv at that time saturday afternoon there was a thing called saturday afternoon movies right Mm -hmm. and uh it was a four o'clock movie and it repeats at four o'clock on sunday so you get that movie twice Mm -hmm. over the weekend and it was always something really cool like fantastic voyage or one million years bc both raquel welsh movies yeah uh but um go figure yeah i'd say that yeah well of course she i mean 
<laughs> Cal Walsh, one million years BC. Don't, don't. Nothing tops that for me. Right. You know, so. Don't 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 yeah. give him too much detail on it. <laughs> I can I can cut it out. It's fine. Don't worry about it, Marcy. No, no, no. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have cut it out anyway because he's accurate. <laughs> he's right. Because he's, he's right. He's yeah, right. yeah. But yeah. I'm gonna go back to the, the fact that you poster. said what you had the door poster of her. Oh, you did. They had the fur bikini door posters. Oh my god. Yeah. And so I have it in the back of my door in my room. End scene. Yeah. No, so. I'm just <laughs> see, mine mine was Matilda May in Life Force. Oh my and, god! Right, so, yeah. yeah. And then Melinda Clark in uh, in Return of the Living Dead three, um, you know, Linnea well, Quigley. Uh, so was the girl in the Howling that I had. Oh, oh, oh okay. The, we're, yeah. We've gotten on the, on that tangent now. Whatever. Right. So you're there. Hey, you know what? You know, we're we're ADHD artists. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I did not. I did not. I didn't do the dude posters. Oh my god! I also had a giant Anne Margaret uh, oh. Las Vegas. Door poster yes. on my door. That was, she, so. <laughs> she was amazing. She was anyway. Amazing. But, but, well, I'm going to stop by your guys' house to see all those laser discs. I don't normally invite my people, myself to houses, but you have 200 laser well, discs. It's, it's little... actually our, our personal studio in Ohio. And um, yeah, you would probably flip out a little bit because most people, even our friends and family that come in, they're like, we can't believe this is in Ohio. Uh, well, that's... So this, yeah, this is kind of the downstairs. Yeah, you're looking at the workshop yeah. area. You yeah, know. you got the awesome and, um, Lon Chaney Jr. in the background. And there. upstairs is the coolest place ever. So yeah. Well, that's speaking uh, of laser discs, my prized possession laser disc. I have a bunch of autographed ones, but uh, I did a movie called Hard Target. You remember that? With yes. Jean Claude Van Damme. Absolutely. That John Woo directed, and John Woo was like I was. You know, you know who Steve Wang is. It sounds really familiar, but yeah, he, he directed the Guyver movies. He did this really badass uh, action movie called Drive. Oh, with, I've seen uh, yeah. okay. Mark Dacascos and Kadeem yeah. Partisan. And uh, I, uh, Steve and me, I mean, we've known each other forever since like Predator. And um, he uh, turned me on to a lot of uh, Asian cinema, you know, and uh, he turned me on to a bunch of movies and they were the, some of them were the John Woo movies like better tomorrow and stuff like that. So I started, I was totally hooked on these John Woo movies for a while. And then we were shooting evil De- or uh, army of darkness and John Woo came to set one night and I flipped the fuck out because he walked on set. And, oh my God, it's John Woo, you know? And then after that, you know, Sam Raimi's producing Hard Target, yeah. and then we were working on it. And so I got to spend some time with John on set and everything. But the coolest thing was we left. Um, we we had our last day on set in New Orleans, and John came up to me the night before we were leaving, like two days later or whatever. And he goes, "I hear." To, to, tonight's your last night. You guys are leaving in two days, and I would like to take you and your guys. It was me and two other guys, John Bisson and, and um, I forget who else was there. Dave, someone was. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, but, yeah, I'm old. So um, <laughs> we, we, went, uh, uh, we went to, he took us out to a uh, Chinese restaurant and got, everybody got drunk on sake. And I'm with John Woo getting drunk on sake, 
and he just keeps ordering food for the whole table. And eventually Van Dam comes in and he's like eating next to us at a table. And I'm like, this is just surreal. Right. <laughs> so John was asking like, what, what's your favorite movie of mine and whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, better tomorrow too. And he's like, Oh, you know, I, you know, the first one's better. And I'm like, Oh no, I love the second. And then, you know, so, and then there's like hard boiled and everything, you know? And so he goes, and then I get home to LA after the shoot and I get four laser discs sent to me with his autographs on. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. So I got like better tomorrow. Uh, two, I got, um, uh, a movie called once a thief. Uh, I think I got hard boiled up there and there's another one. Oh, the killer, you know? Jeez, and I'm like, Oh my God, you know? So I got these discs and I'm like, Oh my God, this, I can't believe he sent these to me, but they're my cherished, uh, you know, possessions up there. So it, it's so cool to hear for me, hearing that from you, like that you have these influences and these people that you hold to that high standard and you're a collector as well. Like that's the coolest shit in the world. When you find out what everybody's little nuances are, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I don't know. It's like getting the, to know you, a little bit more than just like the cliche, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I did this movie. I did that movie. Yeah, this is, this is cool to me. I like that. So thank you. Yeah, no matter what, thank I think in the end we're, we're fans. Like we're not, totally. we're in it because we're fans and, and, and we love it. I mean, I, I'm like the blood person. I love fake blood. I love doing the blood gags. It's just, it's absolutely, <laughs> he doesn't like it. I, I love it. I love Spraying blood, uh, like the, the mortars. I, I just, I love all of it. And it's so funny because I go back and think that I swear to God, it's because of Carrie. Um, and it's, and it's because of movies like that, that just had blood flinging all over the place. I think it's just so freaking cool. I just, I don't know. But again, no matter what, in the end, we're, we're fans. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, we could, we could talk about, you know, having dinner with, Tom Sabini or, or Robert England and stuff like that. And it's like, that's, that's kind yeah. of normal for us. But yeah, in the end, we're like, like, Oh my God. And it's kind of weird. When we we love that. them. You know, when we do that. It's like, it's, Oh my God. You know, like they're just friends. They're sweet, yeah. they're sweet people. Forever. And so, yeah. And you know, we're, you know, but it's half the time we don't even talk about business. It really, so. it's true. That's true. No, I, I know because Robert and I, all we were talking about was uh, Nancy taking care of the koi pond before the uh, hurricane <laughs> and making sure that the, the turtle survived and the koi pond wasn't destroyed. <laughs> like that was, that was our last conversation. Yeah. We were talking about Nancy being in the koi pond. That was one of the things that, um, that came up and just going back and looking at some of the stuff that like, as far as like your filmography curriculum vitae, if you want to be like, you know, fancy, uh, was like, you have a lot of people that you've worked with several times throughout, throughout uh, your career. And do you find that it's like, you know, you kind of build that family, that that friendship and it's just easier to work with those folks. So it's like, or do you just happen well, to be that way? Well, sometimes I don't, we really don't have a choice. Um, it's just happenstance. Like, yeah, we're you know, working on Black Friday and Bruce getting involved. Right. That was just, you know. That was coincidence. Okay. Well, you know, it was coincidence, but somewhat, also Bruce but, was like, who's doing the effects? So right. They but, said Robert Kurtz, and they, he said, okay. So, so let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, it, it, but a lot of times, 
you know, you're not, we don't have no control over that. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a happy yeah. accident sometimes. Yeah. I mean, obviously we've worked with Mike Flanagan several times now. Yeah. Um, as a director, he's just, he's like one of the best and, and, you know, we and then still, he brings the same people along he's, sometimes. Yeah. So. And the, we've and the, done multiple movies. They're, they're family, it's like, and yeah. it's and it's a lovely thing. And 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 still, I mean, Mike continues to create. We have not been involved in a couple of years, and it doesn't matter. I mean, we love Mike and and Kate, and and it's just yeah. it's, it's just like, it's just they're friends. It, friends. If we if we yeah. work together again, fabulous. If we don't, it's okay. Yeah. You know, but eventually yeah. it comes around. It's really weird because like um, we did like. You know, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Two, uh, Bubba Hotep. Well, no, I'm talking with no, I'm talking Sam Raimi stuff. You know, and then there was a period where Sam wasn't using us, and then we came back, and you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like you eventually like, and it's hard for filmmakers because the dominoes, or you know, nothing lines up all the time. You know, I mean, sometimes they can't make certain decisions to use certain people, mm-hmm. especially if they shoot in another country or yeah. right. whatever, there's financial things and whatever. So, um, but eventually you end up just coming back and working with them again. And then it's like old home week, old you know, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. like, it's like you could be separated for 10 years and you come back and work with them again. Fall into stuff. Yeah. It's just, and it's just it's like, like boom, old hat you know? and, and it's comfy and, you know, and that's really great. Well, but honestly, you know, always working with new people. I mean, that's kind of my draw as well. There's like always, um, always new people to meet, you know, and that's, and that's sweet. Yeah. It's so cool. But like I was, I was looking at something like you had like multiple with Robert Rodriguez. You had multiple with Kevin Smith, multiple with Robert England. Who else? Uh, obviously, Sam Bruce Raimi, Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Like yeah. it's just it's kind of cool that you see that pattern or whatever you call it, and it's great to hear that it's just sometimes it's dominoes that fall that way, and sometimes right. it's well, a it's there, a, there's a new thing. director I want to mention. This is kind of a, a kind of a plug, but there's a new director, and um, I say new, um, but we've worked with him before on shorts and um, commercials. Mm-hmm. His name's Danny Del Purgatorio, Daniel. But his last name, he does, um, you know, scary stuff, whatever. But his name is, last name is Del Purgatorio, which we think is like the most perfect thing. That's, that's um, a great name. And when I first started working for Bob, um, there were repeated emails, like I want to work with him, blah, blah, blah. Finally, something came up and he said, I think this is right up your alley. I think we could work together on this and I really hope it can work out. And it was uh, not scary farm commercial. So things got yeah. developed and we and just... Yeah, and some shorts, yeah, made some creatures and, and had, you know, have people on set for him. To uh, a few months ago, we were able to do an indie movie with him. It's his first uh, feature, and um, we actually did makeup, makeup effects, and hair on it. And I'm telling you, it's going to be so fun. Um, we saw some of the cuts of it. It just, um, in fact, the, the person who directed the Funhouse Massacre is cutting it together. Awesome. Um, and uh, Andy Palmer and, um, and Warner Davis, who produced Black Friday, Black Friday and Funhouse Master. Is, is the producer as well. And it's funny because, you know, you were saying crossing paths with people several times. Well, we worked with um, Warner
on the Funhouse Massacre and then Black Friday, and we've always kept in contact. But we actually didn't know that he was connected with Danny Del Purgatorio. And so when all this came together, we're like, oh my God, this is so great. This works well, so well. Danny was on the visual effects on Black Friday. Right. right. So, That's when he met and so on. So yeah, it just it, it just it came together that way and um and and Danny is a fun, really good director and um uh was just yeah. So we're excited to he's see a, that. He's a, oh and tell that, you know, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, yeah. And the working title is Marshmallow. Um <laughs> And yeah, you'll see, you'll see why. I mean, it's kind of easy. I think the synopsis will be, it's at a, it's at a camp, you know, it's at a summer camp. Okay. And that's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't give any more. (laughs) No more. Yeah. Yeah, Don't, 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 don't sell the farm here. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. I don't do spoilers. This man, he does spoilers. I just. He, oh, my mistake. He just, he's so excited about a, a, something, an episode of, of something or a, a movie that he's literally like spewing everything to where it's just about ready to do the, the punchline, the third act, and I'm screaming at him to that's shut up. That's not true. She doesn't like to watch the trailer. Well, that's it. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I, that's true. was in the trailer. It's about this. And she's like, well, you just spoiled it for Why me. Are you I telling go, me? What's in the trailer? Tell me. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I went to see a movie and I knew nothing about it. I saw one little blip, and it was a spaceship above the White House. That's mm-hmm. all I saw, and I said I had to see that movie. Saw it on my twenty-first birthday. It was Independence Day, and I was a little drunk amongst say. I believe so. <laughs> Um, and I just sat with my mouth hanging open and I screamed and I laughed. I was probably the only one in the theater doing all those things. I didn't care. It blew me away because I didn't know about it. And like from that day on, if I watch a trailer and I see like two seconds of it and go, oh, no, I definitely want to see it. Yeah. I, I will block it all out. It wasn't your 21st birthday. It wasn't? No. What, what, because, what? <laughs> because, because I I got invited to a I'm not, screening I'm not that old. Independence Day at 20th Century Fox okay. when I was working in LA and me and, I think me and Howard went to see it and uh, and we had such a great time but it was like okay yeah, you were so, you were older than that yeah I think well yeah <laughs> so good I'm not that old yeah. I mean I'm. I think oh, it came out, was it 93 no, 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 or 94? It's 96. Yeah, oh, 96, okay. Yeah. Way out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not 20. <laughs> I, I was 14 and probably still drunk in the theater, so don't feel or bad. Or maybe I was. That's yeah, hilarious. Exactly. Uh, she was thinking of Battle Beyond the Stars. Maybe. In the no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I did no, turn I 21. <laughs> okay. It was Battlefield maybe Earth I'm with John there. Travolta. No. Oh my god, don't even bring that up. <laughs> sorry. That's a bad movie, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's one of those ones that Yeah, it's one of those ones that have to be Battle brought up. Battle LA, now that. Yeah, Battle LA is really good. Mm-hmm. And it's got the I can't remember. Oh my his, god, that's a badass movie. I, I can't what's movie. what's his name? He played Harvey Dent. I always forget his name. Oh, I don't I won't remember uh, it. It's yeah, sorry. I can't remember. I can see his face, and I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nah. I leave everything in. Fuck it. Like, I mean, people, our, our listeners. No, I, 
I would, I agree. Yeah, our agree. listeners it's know. Real, that, and that's what it's about. Yeah, you, know? you my, guys have brain fog. I'm not even trying. No, <laughs> I, my, my, my listeners, like, I'll be talking about something. I'll just be like spaced off for a second. And the guys will be like, "You there?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, my bad. I'm, I was just thinking." <laughs> <laughs> just thinking. The worst part is like ten minutes from now, I'll figure out. Oh my god! Sorry, <laughs> we'll just come to me, but whatever. Yeah. Just bring it up. Um, so you know, a big part of my show um, is is music. Um, I'm a Cleveland kid. I grew up in Warren, Ohio, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was huge. And I started listening to heavy metal when I was a kid. So obviously, a big inspiration is music to me. Uh, I always like. There's a quote from Machine Head that says, "Music, music, my savior." And um, yeah. it's I just I, I really enjoy it. So heavy metal or horror, horror movies are my thing. What kind of music are you into? Oh my gosh! All of it. A lot, a lot. I mean, I, if you go, and this is where we knew that we were going to be best friends. Um, it's like a scene from Step Brothers. What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite band? Blah blah blah. Our favorite band is ACDC, hands down. Like oh, we're like, totally. if you just. I, I don't care what ACDC, if you, if you play that, I am in, I'm like, if they ever play that on set, I would just be so freaking ecstatic. It would I'm be a, crazy. I'm the biggest ACDC fan, but, uh, no, but I am. But I'm kind of all over the place. Cause it's weird. Like I, I, I love old stuff. I, I mean, I'm into, yeah. <laughs> Call me weird, but whatever. I love ABBA. I love Queen. I oh, love absolutely. everything from the 70s. Well, a lot of it being stuff I grew up on, you know, Cheap Trick, mm-hmm. you know, Live Budokan, you know, Devo. Yeah. yeah. The Pest um, Mode. Um, uh, all, the, all the little alternative. At the um, time, they were alternative, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and it just, that seems weird now. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I, I just, yeah, Ozzy, Journey, oh. um, yeah, uh, Sticks. Fucking uh, heads, whatever. Yeah, and, and like now it's it's like, oh my God, I love Miley Cyrus. Don't anybody kill me. I love her. I think she's talented and amazing. Um, I, I used to do a charity, um, a charity thing, a gig for like 15, 16 years, and I got to see um, Christina Aguilera um, do a sound check. Um, and it was acapella at, in, you know, at, at the gun. Oh. Um, and, and the people who were sweeping the, the seats and stuff, and this is ahead of the show, they all stopped. And like, some of them were just like, yeah. you know, mouths hanging open and just stunned at her voice and her talent. It was unbelievable. Yeah. My, um, my wife's a big so, Christina I mean, Aguilera. On, yeah. We, oh, the Kings. The Cancer, you can oh, yeah. Kinks, you know? Love the Kinks. I mean, we like... My favorite album, one of my favorite albums of all time is The Kinks Live. Um, uh, the one for the road, you know? So it's well, like... We like current yeah. stuff, too. Yeah, I love like current. I'm, I'm, I'm big into alt rock right now, just like... And the bad part is, I don't know half the people. What are you doing? This is true. Like I'll uh, I'll put something on and he'll go, Oh my god, who is that? And I'll go, yeah. I don't know. And then it's, it's trying to awesome, right? trying to remember who they are is the hardest part. Like, yeah. who is that? And then try to, you know, save it to your playlist or something. Yeah. I'm yeah. terrible at that. So Oh no, I just tell the A person who would be listening right now if I said her name. Um, I'll just be like, Oh my god, add that to the party playlist because that's awesome, you know, and my 
it's really my only list is my party. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like every party I get one chance to like throw it on and, and, and check it out. It runs all over the place though. Yeah. 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 Our favorite thing that we love, uh, our artist artist is K Flay. We love K Flay. If you have never heard, it's K dot Flay. I mean, just check her out. I think she was ahead of, um, she, of Billie I, Eilish, yeah, she's kind and, of Billie um, Eilish, but, but she came she's before she her. came before she came before all those kind of raspy newer ones. Yeah, um, and no, we love Billie Eilish as yeah. well. But I mean, Kay Flay, she's just got some crazy sound. She's got some new stuff out, but um, uh, actually, I think she was like originally out in the nineties, and then started getting mm, gaining ground in the so. early two thousand. Yeah. Early two thousand. You should look it up because I nineties is way too old. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> maybe maybe just earlier two thousands. But anyway, no, she's she's yeah. awesome, and um, yeah, I don't know. Just we're all over the place. Yeah, I, I feel you. I'm the same way. Like metal is always my home. Like I always tell everybody, like you know, that, that makes me feel like home, right? But I grew up on Motown and like the British invasion with the Beatles and uh, oh, that yeah. kind of stuff with my dad. And my mom was really big into uh, Motown and Bubblegum Pop. So like Frank Valley and like the, one of my first, co- uh, I think my first concert ever was the Coasters, like from Motown. Okay. Like, yeah. So it's like, I've like, done it again. for my parents. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, I love the Beatles, but I'm more of a Kinks fan. Yeah. So, well, I, I you know, the Kinks are great, so yeah. you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, well, early, I've seen early Aerosmith in concert a few times. The the the, the thing that Toys I did, in the attic, it was it was a it was a charity thing Foreigner, that you could um yeah. you could well my job was to arrange for um, volunteers to do it. Um, but again, I was doing it like 15, 16 years. It's picking. Uh, it's called Rock and Wrap It Up. It's picking leftover food at concerts. <laughs> And then t- taking them to soup kitchens, shelters, that kind of thing. Um, so I've actually uh, met Steven Tyler. And, and um, when Bush came out, I met them. Gwen Stefani, when she was still in No Doubt and oh, wow. all that kind of stuff. And it's so great because I've gone back. I've seen Steven Tyler again. And um, Aerosmith is just, it's just the shit. I mean, seeing them live <laughs> is just it's just unbelievable. If you've never seen them live, it really is like it was such a treat. Like to see them, I've seen them a couple times, but I've got to see them with my daughter when she was a teenager, and that was well, that was great because she's like, "Mom, old people are smoking weed." <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this: I'm like the hardest thing I've ever done is first off, I've never gone to a concert. Like, oh my gosh, this is a great story. You know, and not partied, partied, imbibed. So I, I think my son was, I don't know, he's really young. He's like 10 or 12. I don't, can't remember. But I took him to see ACDC in Cleveland. So I had to stay sober the whole time <laughs> to drive him up. And I'm sitting in the concert, and he's sitting there with me. And we're having a great time, but literally everybody's smoking pot in front of us. <laughs> and I'm like so tortured. I'm like, oh, my God gotta go home and I can't do any of this you know so like I can't I can't drink I can't do shit. <laughs> yeah yeah he was yeah he was he was dying his 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 account of that is like I had the best time watching my son and watching him appreciate the music that I've appreciated for so many years 
And then it was it was torture at the same time. So oh. I thought that was cool. I just laughed with my daughter because at the time she was in Dare. And mm. um, she was just stunned. Oh, my God. Old people smoke weed. What the heck is going on? And I was like, oh, okay. You know, you know, cut to she's a grown ass woman. And, you know, that might be, you know, what she does occasionally. Now. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I said, listen, here's the thing. And I told my parents this. A long time ago, and I'm not a big pot smoker at all. I mean, at all. Um, but I told my parents, I said, listen, you put 20 people in a room, you give them some Jack, you give them some beer, whatever. I would say within two or three hours, there will be a fight. Someone will be hurt. Someone will be crying. It will be ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. Because they have to drink the whole time. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the scenario. But you put a room full of 20 people and give them weed. And I don't care what strain it is. I don't care if it's indica or sativa. I don't care what it is. They will get into an argument, punch each other in the arm, and laugh their ass <laughs> off. And that's the end. Like, you don't get into that evilness that no. alcohol brings out in your brain. And it's, it's a lovely thing. Yeah, so. very chill. That's, you know, yeah, it's very, exactly. very much so. just... I love the flow. Just let it flow. <laughs> let <laughs> that's it flow. a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. So, but that's that's our our, our bandwagon. That's awesome. That's uh, I, oh I always God. like to ask that question because it's so random. Like the quest, the answers you get from some people listen to the stuff I do. Like they they love slaughter to prevail and behemoth and all stuff like that. Oh no! And, when when we actually had a pickup for tool, um, because we have to be on the riders, so we're not on everyone's, but you know, so on. When when we had to pick up for tool, I sent somebody else. <laughs> oh really? Tool. Yeah, the band Tool. Oh, he listens Adam. to Tool. I'm no, I just, on and, right and also, I mean, I love, I, I love, um, Ozzy. Um, I actually have Sharon oh. Osborne's signature on a whole bunch of paperwork and stuff, but Ozfest was amazing, but it was three days. It was, you know, crazy, crazy. And again, I would send somebody else because like, I'm not going into insanity. Oh, it's not. It's, it's, it's fun insanity though, but it was Adam Jones and, and that's my fault for not Adam knowing Jones. Adam Jones. And oh, I, I, I completely oh, drew a blank Jones. too. Adam Jones used to work for us at K&B. No, he yeah. didn't. Did he really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was a makeup effects guy before he became a rock star. Oh, my goodness. Well, makeup effects guys are star rock stars. So. No, most, well, and the, the funny thing is he would, like, go, hey, can I get off early? I got a gig tonight, right? <laughs> and we would go, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Go out and do this rock and roll bullshit. It's not going to lead anywhere. Are you going to be a fucking makeup guy or a rock star? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I got to choose, you know? And Well, he chose well. Well, he did. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot Adam Jones' name for him. I'm like, no, there's no Adam. What are you talking about? That's so stupid. funny. You want to get into some of these listener questions, some of these, some of these sure, yeah. community yeah, questions? Yeah, we can give you like 10 more minutes. All right, let's, let, yeah, let's do it. Let's do, let's get into okay. these real quick. Some of them might be really simple. There's, uh, we call him the super groupie because he kind of supports everybody. Like he's like a huge fan of like horror podcasts and his name is Ryan. Okay. Ryan. He goes by uh, horror fan Ryan on Twitter. And his question was from the dust till dawn uh, set. It just seemed like a fun vibe. And there was a lot of people involved in that. What, what do you remember from that? What, what kind of came out of that from the Dust till Dawn set? Well, I wouldn't say it was a fun vibe. It was, it, everybody was working hard and like we were shooting a lot of shit. It was fun in the sense that Robert was, 
you know, he's he's a guerrilla filmmaker at that point. He's still, you know, he still likes to shoot like that. And so that was what was fun, like him, you know, sitting in a wheelchair, getting shots, you know, with guys dolling him around and stuff. And But it was hot and sweaty, you know. I mean, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It's It was a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work. So, I mean, it, it, there's no real movie set that's actually fun in the sense of like even army of darkness and whatever, you know, we had a great time doing it because anytime you're busy the entire time, it's great. Mm -hmm. Like if, and then if you're like, like I worked on the movie, the Hulk, the Ang Lee movie, Mm -hmm. and you're, you're sitting there for hours doing nothing because they're only getting four shots a day. And then you're working with Robert who, does 50 shots a day or 50 setups or, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, moving on or, moving or, on. or even, or even more. And you're like, this is what, you know, this is what it get, just shoot shit. And, yeah. and, you know, so it was fun in that sense, but not, um, entirely, um, uh, well, because it's hard work. It doesn't matter. It's hard work. Right. Uh, literally there is no like straight up fun, set where you're just like you know we had fun on Adam's set. yeah it was fun but it was hard work so it's like yeah you know but yeah well so, i always take it as work as work you know what i mean you still have to get shit done it's still work you know what i mean right. so that's the way i always took it co-host or host of the show for phantom galaxy uh nathan bartleball and uh, co-host of headlong and the monsters ashley she goes by barely ashley from headlong and the monsters their question both was everything about Wishmaster. So okay. what, what are some takeaways from Wishmaster? They were like, I want to know, Ashley specifically said, I want to know everything about Wishmaster. And I think Nathan was more, uh, Nathan's a film critic and everything else. So he was more to the point of, you know, the director's point of view and all that kind of stuff. And what, what kind of you took away from it or how, what it was like directing that. The director's point of view. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, uh, for me, it, it was an open assignment that I happened to, to get after like five or six pitch meetings with the producers and was excited to get it, excited to work with Peter Atkins, who wrote it because I was a fan from the Hellraiser stuff. And, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, uh, once I got involved and um, was able to uh, bring Wes Craven into the into the picture and because um, I had worked with Wes over the years and I went to him and said hey look we're doing this movie you know we need basically what happened was it it could either be a three million dollar movie or a six million dollar movie and it all was based on whether we could find someone to present the movie in a sense uh, because there was no way we were going to be able to pay for a million dollar actor in the movie so we then decided to you know pepper uh, the entire movie with genre cred you know genre um actors and such people that i'd worked with over the years and some that i hadn't like i hadn't worked with tony todd or anything but i i was a fan and um but i had worked with robert and everybody else that i managed to get into the movie is um you know, Kane Hodder and such. Um, so it kind of evolved into that once we were in pre-production. And then once Wes came on board, it was like, kind of like, how can we make this a, like a 
you know, I hate to say it, but people have said it was like the expendables of horror before expendables, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so that was probably the coolest thing about the movie. It was being able to work with everybody I enjoyed working with before, you know, and then, and then getting like Jacques Haken to shoot it, who shot the original nightmare on Elm street. And Jacques unfortunately passed away this last year or so. And, uh, but I had worked with Jacques on a movie called um, The Hidden. Do you remember this one? The mm, Hidden no. was like kind of a heavy metal. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. it I'm adding Jack it to Shoulder the list. Directed. It's a really good movie. Jack Shoulder directed it. it Kyle McLaughlin, McLaughlin's in it. And uh, Michael Norrie. And if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. Kevin Ye- Yeager did the effects. And I was like on set doing stuff for Kevin all the time on it. It's awesome. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great movie. Uh, anyway, so that kind of crossover, you know, I mean, I worked with Jacques on that film and then and then he shot my movie and I was a fan because of Nightmare on Elm Street. So um, the same with, you know, getting Harry Man- Manfredini to do the soundtrack for me. Uh, it was, you know, I had worked with Harry on uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, he was the composer on it. So. I don't know when it, when everybody when we started talking about everybody I wanted to work with on it, it all came down to who can I get that I've worked with before that I like, you know? What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know and that's kind of how it all came together. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for that. That was that was, that was great. A couple more if you have time. Brian Scott, who is a horror movie fanboy on Twitter, and also one of our we call him the super groupie as well. He's a big champion for for all of us, like uh, Land of the Creeps and all of us like that. He wants to know about the Flanagan stuff, but uh, more specifically, the most thing he really wants to know is his favorite movie is The Shining, and he wants to know what it was like working on Doctor Sleep. Oof. Wow. Well, well, for both of us, um, the biggest kick that we both got out of Doctor Sleep is when we walked. Well, first off, during production, they were building the sets for Doctor Sleep, so. We would walk onto these kind of unfinished sets, but still going, wow, look, it's the overlook. They did, you know, I mean, it's like. They did the outside yeah, the whole, and snow. Yeah. They did the gold bar. Room. They, they did the gold bar room, the, everything. The lobby, you could walk up and down yeah. the stairs. Uh, the the um, uh, walk around the top where the rooms were. Um, they printed the carpet from the, the carpet. Head, literally oh. printed all yeah. the carpet to lay in that matched the original yeah. film. In fact, they the matched day, everything in there to the original film. Like you could walk in and literally look at anything from the original film and it would be on the wall, same photos, whatever. Yeah. And we were just like in awe. We like, were oh my God. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and it was, it was real. I mean, it was, wow. it was there. Um, we pulled into um, Blackhawk studios and uh, the one day, and the carpet was laid out in the parking lot in full. It, it just was like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> you suck your breath in. You walk in in the gold room, the bar, the detail of the gold was overwhelming that they were temporarily doing all of this and then taking it down. It just was. The saddest part about that uh, and the haunting was when they. Took everything down, down, you know. Like they build it, yeah. and like we, we were on the set for the haunting, and they had that entire house, which is it was yeah. a house built on a set, which you could walk 
upstairs and down Two stories. the entire house. You yep. can walk through the entire house. Yep. Everything works. Light switches, Push whatever. Button, and, yeah. and then like afterwards, we're like, can't somebody just buy this and move it into a, <laughs> right. into yes. a, a warehouse yeah. and make it their house? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, they were going to dismantle it and put it up somewhere in Europe and do it as like a, um, uh, an attraction of some sort. Like somebody was going to buy it and yeah. do that and all that stuff. But it all, it all was broken down. I don't know if anyone else did this, but I went to the guys that were deconstructing. And um, the night we wrapped, we, we all walked around the house. Because at that point, it was also um, taken from one extreme to the next. So one extreme being so beautiful and awesome, and then the next being uh, degraded and old vines growing in it yeah. and all of that for the end of it. Um, because it was it was shot in order, um, especially we had to do that because it just it was it was so changed. It was so sad to go in it and see it as a decrepit house. But the but the but the night we wrapped, walked around with Flanagan on a bunch of you know just the core group, and from room to room, spiral staircase, this and that, just all around and just taking it all in. And Kurtzman went up to um, a, a fixture in the living room and said, I want that. And so I tied a thing around it and I put a note on it. I don't even remember where I found paper or anything, <laughs> but I tied it up. And then I sent an email to the guys and I said, Kurtzman would love this piece if you guys are just going to throw it out or do, you know, do something. And um, he emailed back and said, absolutely. Um, is there something that you want? And I said, in the statuary room, there's, um, you know, a saying and on a like a plaque, a big plaque. It kind of looked like a um, uh, a gravestone, like a stone carving, right? Plaque. But it's it's etched in like as if it were, um, uh, you know, a gravestone, a grave marker. And um, and I said I'd love that. And he said, well, come by tomorrow, blah blah blah, and and pick your pieces up. So I did, and he freaked out. He just could not believe that I got those two pieces. So they hang. In our studio here, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, but the shining—I mean, the, the, I'm sorry, the um, Doctor Sleep, you know, creating Mrs. Massey, you know, five times, five or six times, and 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 doing that makeup—it seemed like more, right? It seemed like five or six times because it was testing and lighting, te- yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's—I it, don't know if it's. If it's his question is specifically like just if he loves The Shining, he would have just pissed himself to be in that lobby because it was huge, massive. And they matched the typewriter. And they matched. Like, yeah, absolutely. They had to find all this vintage stuff and match them. Everything that was in there. And Scott Nifong um, is a, an amazing props guy that we worked with several times, actually a lot yeah. more than several times. Yeah. We worked with him a lot, and he is just incredible at researching stuff and getting all the right things. Like having to find the tricycle. Oh, yeah. the tricycle is a whole, a whole other story on getting that. Yeah. And it just, it, it just, that, that was one of those once in a lifetime things that you're like, don't pinch me oh my gosh when they recreated when they recreated the here's johnny Johnny, and he's breaking down the door that was when she was she was killing it first of all Mm -hmm. she was killing it and we were dying going we feel like we're witnessing 
the shining right now. Like we really do. Alex Alex Esso. Sweetie. Love her. Love her. So we're all standing around and we're feeling it. We're like the nostalgia. Like this is a moment right here where we're watching this great reenactment, but she's, she's killing it. She's making it amazing. And, and we're all just bumping each other. Like and Henry. Oh, Henry yeah. Thomas so, is, you know, so he good. Was phenomenal. Like, yeah, him, him. I just, that's so great. Also one of those lovely people. Um, but when it was over, I, I felt compelled and, and it's kind of, you know, we're in makeup, makeup effects. We're, it's, it's probably not our place, but I walked up to her and I said, you gave so many of us the chills. We feel privileged to have watched what we just witnessed and be part of, of your craft and, and be here with you doing this amazing thing. And she got the biggest tears in her eyes and we just hugged each other. And I was just like, I just thank you so much for that. And, and we're grateful to be in the industry we're in. And I'm a, like a lot of us, uh, we're so excited because we all took our pictures and our faces through the crack well, of the door. <laughs> they let us, yeah, they, you know, they let us for a certain amount yeah. of time. We got the axe, yeah. um, you know, because the um, stunt coordinator was doing the axe. And then everybody did their thing. And then I got the axe and we were taking pictures. We were passing back and forth. And then um, Scotty Props is like, I need the axe back. <laughs> <laughs> No more pictures with the axe in her uh, face through the hole. But, shame um, on him. And I, I had worked with, uh, go back, uh, stunts. Chuck. Chuck. Uh, Chuck Borden stunts. Chuck Borden. He was on The Haunting, though. Right. Prior to that. Yeah, so yeah. I hadn't seen Chuck in years. Chuck was on a movie called Intruder. Scott Spiegel movie, Intruder. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of his first show, stunt coordinating. And I hadn't seen him, like, almost since then. Yeah. And then he's doing the stunts for The Haunting and then Dr. Sleep. Right. And right. Uh, and we were like, I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen you since yeah. then, yeah. you know, yeah. since oh, the we, 90s. Um, we did, um, with Mike Clancy Early. as well, we did Netflix, Stephen King's uh, Gerald's Game on Netflix. Was Chuck on that one? You, no, but I you, remember. I can't remember who it but you worked with um, Demacia. Oh yeah, so this is a weird one. So we're doing um, that movie and I'm, I'm like, so you look so familiar to me. Right. And then we started to talk and I go, did we work on a show in New Mexico? And it, Originally, I did this movie. It's called Deadly Impact that I directed, and then, but it was originally called To Live and Die in New Mexico, and it was like quasi MGM sequel to To Live and Die in L.A. Uh But then William Freakin was like, "No fucking way can you use that title." So (laughs) yeah, so it ended up becoming Deadly Impact, literally going into oh, it sounds like a Van Damme movie, but okay, yeah, I know what I mean. So um, (laughs) so. I'm like staring at the guy going, we've worked together before and whatever. And then finally we broke it down and he was my key grip on Deadly Impact yeah. in New Mexico. Yeah. And now he's doing these movies with us. And uh, we did uh, in, in Atlanta. We well, were, we, yeah. but we did the first one in uh, Alabama, Mobile, Alabama with was, uh, Gerald's, Gerald's Game. Game. And then um, The Haunting of the House, um, they were on that. And then also Dr. Sleep. Um, yeah, and they're they're good friends. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I have a question about Gerald's game, real quick. Okay. Did you do the degloving? Yes. Oh yeah. So 
that has gone down in the annals of even this podcast. So specifically this podcast is Dustin. It's one of the most disturbing scenes for him. Is that degloving? I just, I, I, not really a question. I guess it's just, did, did you do it? I guess it's a question, but like, was, was there a lot of limitations to that? Like it, it's gross. Like it's gross in the yeah, best possible we, way. The cool thing was, is that we did a test on, on my, on my hand. I actually was shooting the video with this hand and doing this and Bob's got the rig and he's doing, you know, pumping blood and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, trying to shake and get that whole thing of, you know, what, what the actress might do, you know, I don't know. And, um, and then we, we, uh, I downloaded on the computer, my laptop, and then I took the laptop to Flanagan and said, well, this is our, this is our test, um, makeup. And we wanted to see what you thought about it. So it was Flanagan. I think Trevor Macy was standing there. There was a couple people like standing around watching the video and they're all like, <laughs> covering their mouths and like, you know, like, and I was like, Oh, okay. So you guys like it. <laughs> you know, and I love the blood stuff. So the hardest part about that entire thing was trying to get, Marcy and the test even and and Carla to be able to pull their hand through a hand a prop handcuff. Yeah. So we had to make it so that it would give rig a little because the handcuff, yeah. yeah, like like at a certain point you just can't get your hand through the handcuff with to the get skin. it done. Yeah. Because you're so, you're doing it with your hand, but obviously right. there's a fake skin all over it. But right. there's also a fake underneath. Um, so you have your your muscles that are exposed yeah, the outer once skin and the skin. once that yeah. outer skin comes off. So it was a little a little bit of a, a flip flip turn, you know. And and the reason for the blood is like it's great lubricant, so um, it helped to it helped to eventually like slip and it some out. KY. Yeah. No, there might be some KY. Yeah, definitely KY. Yeah. KY and blood, you know. KY is the duct tape of the SFX industry. Yeah. I'll tell you a little story. I don't know. A lot of people know this. Monofilament, super glue, and duct tape, and cable. Yeah. That that just, that movie was my my first actually on-set makeup assistant job, and it was Bob and I running the whole department, and uh, it it was, that was also, like, for me to get, get, um, I don't know, earn some wings, I guess, that was a great set to do it on, because it just... Oh my gosh, the bloody paw prints from the dog. Um, just again, I I like the bloody stuff, but um, <laughs> the dog. Like I got to um, set the piece of skin on the dummy and tack it down a little bit with these little things called nurnies and and spread a little bit blood, um, mouth blood that the dog could actually you know be okay with. And the dog was trained just to go grab it and pull it up. Well, the one time the dog's kind of grabbing it a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, and he pulls and there's, it's so attached that it finally like snaps and you could actually hear it on set <laughs> and, and, you know, Mike calls cut and everyone's like, Oh, did you hear that? Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's my, good. I love that shit. They had a train. <laughs> yeah. They had to kind of get the dog to, and they're great dog training. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. We were it again. Get the dog to um, go over and bite. You know, bite the piece of skin, but not chew it as well. The entire body on the floor for the most of the movie. I mean, once Bruce Greenwood falls onto the floor, yeah. <coughs> it's a dummy on the floor the entire time. Mm -hmm. 
and we had him make a, an entire new dummy of him, you know, um, and and uh, that was a really great dummy. Great. That we created. Oh, great. we had to just lay on the floor it. with it and do like a mirror yeah. pose. Yeah. So I have one picture of him doing that that mirror pose. Except he had pants on. So they thought, <laughs> he's not as. Oh, you're right. He did. He did have his underwear. No, because the, there's but, there's a, yeah. well, I shouldn't tell that story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be for off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it just was Bruce was yeah. Bruce. I, w- I was so we'd have to move the body on set and offset and on set and offset. So some of the paint paint on the on the bottom you know when a body dies there's something called pooling so we had mm-hmm. the you know the redness and the purplish and all of that at the bottom of the body and sometimes the paint would come up so i'd have to little literally do some retouches so i'm doing that one day and only half of the body and it's easy to move a body in a body bag so we have body bags for bodies so only half of the body was exposed so i was working on that Bruce comes over with his wife and he's holding her hand. And I was like, this looks fishy. <laughs> uh, so I looked up and I was like, yes. And he goes, I have a question. Is it anatomically correct under that underwear? <laughs> and I said, yes, it is, sir. I said, we have professional artists working. But we didn't have the real reference, you know? Yeah. So he said, um, so uh, I go, why? Do you want to look? And he goes, yes, I actually do. <laughs> and I, I said to his wife, I'm like, I this is this is unusual. Um, but if you'd like to see, she goes, oh, I don't want to look. <laughs> <laughs> look, so he did. he did. I had to I had to pull back the underwear because I never showed anybody. I was crazy <laughs> about making sure that they stay covered, privacy, and all that stuff. I'm going to protect the actor at all costs. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I said, I'm, I'm going to let you just, you know, lift it up, <laughs> regular underwear, just take a peek. Um, so he did. And I, I said, well, and he goes, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, uh, let's just leave it at that. Cause we were going to make it a Ken and we just thought it would probably be not appropriate. To make it <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to. Your studio has a, a history with, um, as Raul from Headlong and the Monsters would call it, you have a history with Dong. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. If people We've don't actually, know, what movie would that be from, Mr. Griffin? Um, that would uh, be Boogie Nights. Yes. <laughs> um, and then also, John dies, John dies at the end, there's a, the doorknob. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I, I, Bill Van Bagel from Land of the Creeps has a question about John dies at the end. He says the creator, yeah. he says the creator, he says the creative process, but I'm sure he meant the dick doorknob. Um, and the page to screen transition on making the effects. So, okay. is there is there anything like was it difficult coming from page to screen? Because there's a lot of um, John dies at the end does have a lot of vivid imagery in the book. Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously the most complicated thing in that movie was the meat monster that we had to put together for that, and then make all the fake pieces of meat and stuff that Don shot in reverse to make it look like it was piling up. And he did all the old school pulling stuff on wires and monofilament to make it look like it was piling up and becoming the meat monster, which he did really well. So all we did was supply him with that stuff. And then he shot it over, I don't know, weeks or days or whatever to 
it was, but you know, the most complicated thing was the meat monster. And, and then of course the weird bug thing that was a puppet that was on the ceiling. Oh, yeah. There was a, there was a bunch of weird shit. I love working with Don. Uh, in fact, I just talked to it's him today, so. <laughs> but Don is a, a filmmaker that, yeah, I started out working with him on phantasm too. And then we are just kind of kindred spirits. So we have always stayed connected and work together. It, it, you know, anytime he gets something going now, I'm always in contact with him. But, and, and we worked on a bunch of the fan phantasm movies over the years and even phantasm ravenger. Uh, I sent them a bunch of stuff oh, yeah, yeah. from like Don's like, Hey, we're making this. We don't have a lot of money. But what do you have? We need a bunch of body parts and heads <laughs> and whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'll send stuff to him. So uh, yeah, anyway, so you're still involved. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those movies. John dies is very much like Bubba Hotep or oh Tusk. God, yeah. Uh, there's scripts that I get that I go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god, I have yeah, to. Yeah, I have yeah. to do this movie. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. never seen anything like Baba Hotep, and I've never seen anything like Tusk, Absolutely. and I've never seen anything like John, John Dies at the end. So yeah. I, I get this script, and I'm like, holy shit, you know, we got to do this because it's so whacked. Yeah. You know, we got to be involved. So. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I, I really appreciate your time. This has been an amazing experience for me uh, just to talk with you guys. Uh, like I said, you guys have been, Robert Kurtzman has been part of my development i've said that before so i mean like literally you've been with me from the time i was like six years old and on so <laughs> glad to know i'm so old it's awesome <laughs> it's it's the greatest compliment in the world when you it's not old it's called a catalog buddy that's all, <laughs> that's all it is. but seriously is there anything else that uh, you would like to say to the listeners is there any plugs that you want to give is there any way that anyone can like reach out and see more of your stuff or anything like that give it a website anything like that? Is- you were talking about kind of the junk thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give it away, but you should check out um, a Showtime series with Emma Stone and um, Nathan Felder called um, The Curse. Okay. And it's we, not out yet. It's not out yet. We did several um, things for that. And again, I don't think I can say. Okay. Um, because I don't think that's been revealed yet to anyone. But yeah, it's in that it's same a, line that we were talking uh, about, you know. It's, so. it's in a project that um, they did with the Safety brothers. Yeah. And Benny, and Benny's, in, Benny's it. in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a very, it was a very cool experience working with them. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was great. Yeah. So that's coming out. Um, so okay. we worked on that last summer and that was, that was, it was a good time. Well, thank you again, guys, for, for being here tonight. I appreciate you giving me more than enough time that I ever imagined. I never imagined this to be this long. So thank you so much for that. Um, I'd love to speak with you guys again. You're more than welcome to be part of the Mosh Pit anytime you want. You're Mosh Pit family now. So uh, at Mosh Pit. I don't do Mosh Pit. No, but <laughs> a figurative Mosh Pit, Mr. Kurtzman. It's a figurative so so my my wife is always the one she likes to stand on the outside and push them back into the mosh pit oh yeah so so that's her that's her i i usually go with my daughter and you can't get out that's what she does (laughs) that's what she does my daughter pushes me in and then she basically stands saying no no mom you can't get out you have to at least go across the mosh pit once and come back and then and then i'll be okay you know (laughs) 
I'm always like, no, this <laughs> is, no. I'm like the least violent, physically violent person. So it's, it's a catharsis when you get in there. It's just every, all your emotions take over, and it's just yeah. But I, I don't, I don't like bruises. It's yeah, not I don't my thing. I, I, I also work construction, so I'm literally covered in cuts and bruises anyway. So it just fits in. Okay, so, so you're you're good with them. Yeah, it makes sense all for right. me. Well, thank you so much for um, asking us to be on. I'm I'm glad. Yeah, everybody out there, stay scared. What we say on the on the mosh pit is uh, monsters in the mosh pit. If someone falls down in the mosh pit, what do you do? You pick them the fuck up, elbows up, back to the mosh pit. Great.